0: Next, this month's special series focus on disaster medicine and preparedness. Unforeseen disasters carry unique challenges and learning opportunities. This month, we present conversations that scrutinize our plans and protocols and ask, how prepared are we? How will we react? All citizens can play a role in meeting the threat of a disaster. Welcome to a special segment focused on disaster medicine and public health preparedness. Joining us today is Captain Robert Desado of the U.S. Public Health Service, Director of the Office of Civilian Volunteer Medical Reserve Corps. And Dr. Narayan Nair, U.S. Public Health Service Commander, Senior Program Director also in the MRC. Could you tell me, first of all, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. What is the MRC?
1: The Medical Reserve Corps or MRC is a nationwide but community based civilian volunteer program that engages local community members in efforts to strengthen public health infrastructure and emergency preparedness and response in their communities, really in order to build up the resiliency of that community.
0: Do you have to be a medical professional to be a part of an MRC?
1: No. Community members from all walks of life can participate in Medical Reserve Corps units. The mission of the MRC unit is really determined locally, whether it's emergency preparedness and response-related or public health initiatives or both. But really, it takes medical and public health professionals and others to achieve that mission.
0: You mentioned units. Are these locally organized?
1: Yes, they are. MRC units are typically based in a local governmental organization, such as local health department or emergency management agency. Or it could be a non-governmental organization, like a, a church or a charitable organization. But really, they're organized within that community to support the needs of that community.
0: Our audience is mainly medical professionals, and they're listening to this show, and if they wanted to participate in an MRC, what would be the first step that they would use?
1: I would have anybody interested in the MRC go to the Medical Reserve Corps website, which is www.medicalreservecorps.gov, and see if there's an MRC unit in their community. They can go to the Find an MRC Unit page, Put in their zip code or look on the map and see if there is an MRC locally. If there is, I would highly suggest that they get in touch with the point of contact that's listed on the website, find out about what is needed in the community and and how they join. Now, if there's not an MRC in their community, then they should find out how to get one started and maybe find that information on our website, go to their local health department, go to their local emergency management agencies, and encourage them to get an MRC started.
0: Now I've started. Am I on call all the time? Do I carry a beeper? How am I notified?
1: Sure. There's lots of things that can happen once you're an MRC member. First thing is you're going to get an orientation to the MRC to find out what the local MRC is all about. So you, so you know kind of where your fit is. Most MRCs have pretty detailed training plans for their members so that they're not only trained in the actual activities that they might be involved in, also so that they're trained in the incident command system, the command and control structure that the MRCs work under to be part of an emergency response. It's really up to individual MRC units to determine what those activities might be and to determine the activation and notification procedures. Most don't have the funding for beepers or equipment like that, but they tend to develop different notification systems either by phone, email faxes, or you know, using all those different types of ways to notify people that they're needed.
0: What is my uh, time commitment? Now I am involved in a disaster or what would be called a surge in medical personnel. How long might my commitment be?
1: Again, it's going to de- be determined locally and it's going to be determined based on the nature of the event. If it's a hurricane, it may be very time limited. It may, they may need shelter operations for a few days. If it's an ongoing type of activity such as you know Hurricane Katrina that had so much devastation and the event lasted for weeks and months then you know they may need help for longer again it depends on what amount of time you have to offer because this is a volunteer organization they understand that your time is limited to volunteer now of course there are some volunteers that are able to volunteer more of their time you know retirees or folks that aren't currently active in their health professional role, you know, might have more time to devote, you know, could devote several weeks to a deployment.
0: You mentioned that units have a local responsibility, and that must be great for the community because they see a familiar face, and the MRC unit there knows the particular specifics of whatever problem may arise. But it sounds like an MRC can be moved. Who moves you, and how likely is that to happen?
2: In late 2006, Congress passed legislation that allowed the Secretary of Health and Human Services to deploy a willing, able, and approved volunteers to areas of need in times of a public health emergency or disaster. And I wanted to emphasize willing, we not looking at something where someone would be pulled from their job and family and deployed to a disaster scene. These would be people that would be volunteers, and, and they could participate in the federal response. So what we'd envision is if a disaster hit a region of the country, we would tap into volunteers in areas of, of the country that are not affected so they would be able to use their medical skills and be able to provide care for individuals that are in that affected region.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment focused on disaster medicine and public health preparedness. And our guests today are Captain Robert Tassado and Dr. Narayan Nair, both in the Medical Reserve Corps, And we're discussing the use of volunteerism to meet a disaster. You touched on something earlier how there may be a local need that this particular Medical Reserve Corps doesn't necessarily only respond to disasters, although that probably is what catches the headlines. What do they do in a local areas on an ongoing basis?
1: The Medical Reserve Corps was specifically designed to work on emergencies, to prepare and respond to emergencies, but also to work with community needs throughout the year to build up its public health infrastructure. Let me give you some examples. MRC's can be involved in health fairs, providing information or screening on high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer screening, cholesterol checks, things like that that are needed in the community. They could be providing information on you know, car safety or gun safety, things that can help prevent diseases or injury. They could be working with local minority populations to help the, combat the, the disparities in health that we're seeing across the nation. So really, we have encouraged MRC units to look at the priorities of the Surgeon General when they develop their local activities. The Surgeon General has encouraged all Americans, and and we take this down to the Medical Reserve Corps units, to think about how to improve prevention efforts in their communities, how to eliminate health disparities, how to improve public health preparedness, and kind of overarching using the best communication skills better to combat the problems with health literacy.
2: I did want to chime in here. Both Captain Tosato and I started our careers working with the Native American population and giving clinical care to to that population. So we're very cognizant of the health disparities that exist in this country and are looking at ways that MRC can help alleviate those.
0: Many people who are the most vulnerable part of our population are going to the emergency room and filling it up. And one wonders how MRCs could take the load off the emergency room for non-emergent problems. Do you see a role here?
1: There's definitely possibilities. We all know that you know, public health is often an afterthought when it comes to funding in, in many communities. There's more needs than are met through either staffing or funding. The Medical Reserve Corps provides a solution to some of that because here are volunteers who are willing to help out with that public health mission. So there may be ways for Medical Reserve Corps volunteers to help out their health departments to meet some of those challenges and to help out those hospitals with staffing to meet those challenges as well. And one of the goals for the MRC is to help make communities stronger, not only in a disaster, but throughout the year. And having that surge capacity, those people, extra people that are willing to help, the MRC is really creating a more resilient community, whether it's a town, a city, you know, county, or a region.
0: There's some evidence that illegal immigrants in the United States – Don't go to emergency rooms. They often go to freestanding clinics that are supported by charities or even hospitals. They have a fear of being involved in some type of government activity that they might be reported. Would this discourage illegal immigrants to go to an MRC because it has the umbrella of the government around it?
1: MRCs are not standalone. So it wouldn't be that they're going to the MRC. The MRC would be supporting a, you know, an existing resource, whether it is a governmental organization or a non-governmental organization. So it's, you know, it's hard to say that it whether it would encourage or discourage. Our point is that MRCs can and should be working with their local communities to help meet their needs, whatever they are. Whether there are a lot of immigrants in their community, then the MRC may have a role there to help provide the services needed for that community.
0: Certainly our country focused on Katrina, but the other thing that really caught our attention was the bridge accident on I-35 West, the bridge in Minnesota in August of last year. Did MRC become involved in that and did you have some kind of personal experience dealing with that disaster?
1: The MRCs were involved, the local MRCs in Minneapolis and that area. It was interesting because it it was a different kind of response than we've seen in some of the other disasters. The primary MRC response to the bridge collapse was a mental health response, was providing mental health care to the victims, but also then to the family members that were either had individuals hurt or were waiting for information about their loved ones. But the MRC did step up and play a role there.
0: You've had contact, I am sure, uh, an ongoing contact and feedback. What are the feelings of physicians and other medical professionals who have been to Katrina to the bridge disaster, to even Gustav, what kind of feedback do you get, feelings of gratification or connection, or stories that they might have told you that reemphasize the need for MRC?
1: Oh, absolutely. We've heard numerous stories and anecdotes from MRC members who have activated either locally or nationally, following Katrina. And the majority of the stories are one of kind of gratitude for their life in that you know they were not affected by specifically by the event but they've also almost to a, every single one have said that they were life-changing experiences being able to kind of step outside of their normal day-to-day existence to really help their community or to help their nation to help them get these affected people back on their feet whether it was providing the care in a special needs shelter whether it was going down to New Orleans or the affected areas in, you know, Mississippi or Louisiana, following Katrina, and sometimes just sitting and listening to some of the evacuees, you know, just helping them to kind of get through the struggle
2: this is Commander Nair. I, th- I think healthcare providers especially and, and really most Americans have this innate empathy that when they see this suffering on their TV screens they want to go out and, and help and for healthcare providers they have a unique skill set that they're able to do that and, and I think the volunteers who've had that opportunity to participate in these large scale disasters really have, have come back and found it to be a very enriching experience and very fulfilling and, and they do come back with that sense of, of gratitude and come back with a unique perspective on, on the practice of medicine after they've been to an austere environment and and had to use their skills in in there, and then coming back to an office setting.
0: I want to thank Captain Robert Tassado, who's the director of the Medical Reserve Corps, and Dr. Narayan Nair, who is a senior program director with the same organization. I appreciate talking with you today, and I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Disaster Medicine and Preparedness. For a program guide and complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com and download ReachMD's new iPhone application, Medical Radio. Listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download the Medical Radio app today.